Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. Well, good morning, everybody. So good to see your smiling faces here today. Thanks for worshiping with us. This is our time in our service where we get to continue to worship the Lord through our regular Sunday morning tithes and Kingdom Builders offerings. I want to say thank you so much for your faithfulness to tithe and for your generosity with Kingdom Builders. There are multiple ways that you can give today. One on the way out the door at each exit is a lockbox that you can drop your check or cash into. You can give online at crosspointwaverly.com. You can mail or drop off your check or cash here at our office anytime Monday through Thursday, 8.30 to 5. Or you can text the amount to the number that's on the screen. When we talk about Kingdom Builders each week, there are some of you who are like, what in the world is Kingdom Builders? Kingdom Builders is our funding strategy for global missions, local church expansion, and future Christian leaders. If you want to read more about it, you can scan the QR code on the seat pocket in front of you, and it'll take you to a... Uh, a link that has a bunch of different links on it and you can select Kingdom Builders and see some of the projects. One of our partners through Kingdom Builders is Alternatives Pregnancy Center. Their central location is in Waterloo. We have a satellite location here in our building on the third floor. We give them rent-free space to utilize to be a ministry here in our community. And it's for people who find themselves with, with an unexpected pregnancy. In fact, we just heard at this banquet this week that this location will have an ultrasound machine this year. And so praise God for that. Because of your generosity through Kingdom Builders, we're able to partner with them. And this week on Thursday night, Erica and I and a handful of people from our church were at this banquet. There was a man who shared his personal story. His name is Stephen Van William. And he said that when his mom was 18 years old, she was living in a facility for people uh, with, how did I say it in first service? Developmental Delays. Thank you. Let's go with that option. And when she was there at 18 years old in this home for people like her, five men raped her. From that, she became pregnant. And in this facility, they said, your only option is to abort this baby. She ran and she fled 18 years old, no family, no one around. And she carried this baby to term and gave birth to him and put him up for adoption. When the mom was asked, what do you want to name your baby? She said, Stephen, then William. What she was trying to say is first name Stephen, middle name William. But what they heard was Stephen, then William. He said, I am the only person on the planet known named Stephen then. He said later in life, he wanted to discover who his mom was. And so he went on the internet and found an uncle who then said, let me tell you about your mom. They went to the facility where his mom was housed. And she went up and gave this program. He said that she's mentally an 11 year old. And she sang this song. And then Stephen then went up and he sang a song. And the uncle stood behind them and said to his mom, hey, you remember you had this baby. 
this is your baby. And I'm just telling you, he showed a video of that on Thursday night. I'm trying to act tough, y'all. He said, y'all are going to laugh, and then you're going to cry, and then you're going to laugh, and then you're going to cry. And I'm like, not me, not tonight. And I watched this powerful video of this woman who chose life. And now her son, with no developmental delays, is sharing the gospel around the world. I leaned forward, a tear, the tear duct failed. Tears began to flow from my face. And I just want to tell you, I'm so grateful that we're part of a ministry that our church is generous through kingdom builders to where hopefully some other kid will have that story that their mom and their dad chose life and later in life they'll look back and they'll thank God that they were given that option. It's because of your generosity that we have a space here in our community every Friday where people volunteer and they serve. They shared that there's a couple in high school that's expecting a baby and they're utilizing the services here. Can you imagine if that wasn't here? And so again, thank you. Thank you for your generosity to that. If you know of someone who needs an STD test or find themselves with an unexpected pregnancy, every Friday they're here, they can help you. If you wanna volunteer, find one of the staff and we will get you directed to that. Let's pray, God. Thank you for this moment in our service where we get to bring back to you what you've given to us. God, thank you for the generosity of people in this room who give to Kingdom Builders so that stories like Stephen's can happen. God, we pray that as we look out from this place into our community, the lost world around us, that you would use us to make disciples who make disciples in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's turn our attention to the screen for a few announcements this morning. Crosspoint, thanks so much for joining us this morning. If you are new here, we would love to connect with you and get you a gift. So if you are in person in the seat pocket in front of you, there's a connect card that you can fill out and bring right here to the Welcome Center and we'll get you a gift. If you're tuning in online for the first time, there should be a link in the comments that you can click on and fill out and we'll connect with you and get to know you as well. Well, I have a few announcements for us this morning. Growth Track is starting up a new series this morning, 11.30 to 12.45, so right after second service. There's lunch provided, there's childcare provided, and you can get uh, signed up on the website or right outside the auditorium doors. And then I have a few save the dates for us. So for kids events, we have VBS Soul Survivor happening June 15th through the 18th. Sign-ups will be coming, and then Kids Camp is July 21st through the 24th. For teen camp, that is July 10th through the 14th. So save those dates. And then ladies, you have an event coming up April 20th. It's on a Thursday night and it's from 6 to 9 p.m. More details to come, but that is for ladies sixth grade and up. And then men, there's a Men of Iron event coming quick in just a couple weeks. It's April 1st on a Saturday. It's from 1.30 to 5.30. And Randy McPherson is coming. He's an outdoorsman, entrepreneur, and he is the brother to Matt McPherson who owns Matthew's Bows. And Randy will actually be bringing a Matthew's Bow to give away at this event. So there's gonna be bags, there's gonna be golf games, and you may get a bow that's worth a lot of money. So this will be awesome. So join them for that. It's gonna be a great fellowship time and that's gonna be at the Mummel Thighs. Um, if you pick up this, you can see the address on the back for that. But again, that's April 1st. Thank you so much for joining us this morning.
Hey, just remember, men, when you come on April 1st and you put your name in the hat for a drawing, that your name is Jonathan Bartholo. And uh, it's not a problem. Just, you know, fill that out. Excited April 1st for the men's event. Don't miss it. So many great things happening. And again, you can click on this QR code in front of your seat and click on the, the link tree and, uh, and see even more information. We're glad you're here today. There's a phenomenon that happens at this time every year. In fact, in 2019, one news agency said that this phenomenon cost employers $13.3 billion in lost productivity. $13.3 billion with a B. This phenomenon is called March. Oh, y'all, some of them. <laughs> you just told on yourselves. <laughs> Sorry. It is a time where 68 Division I men's basketball teams compete in a single elimination round to become the national championship champions. And while I don't follow sports, my head is not in the sand. My wife keeps me informed. In fact, as I talked to her about this illustration, she said, let's just be clear. I don't want you to embarrass yourself. March Madness hasn't officially started yet. Friday, she was glued to that KU game, boy. Mm. She was praying. She just launched her new book, uh, Praying is Not Hard. And I'm telling you, she was using every principle in that book, praying for Bill Self, praying for the players of KU. Saturday, I'll just tell you, apparently everything's bigger in Texas, including people's prayers, because they beat KU on Saturday. I'm sorry, baby. So, But congratulations on the launch of your book. Hopefully today you got cupcakes. We just wanted to celebrate. And so Eric and I bought cupcakes for everybody, if there's still some left. Grab them on your way out. She'll be signing books out there. She's so good. I, I need to get a copy of a signed copy uh, from you. But you can pick that up. But it's estimated, again, that 75 million workers spend about six hours of their work time on March Madness-related activities. 75 million workers, six hours during the tournament equals a cost of $13.3 billion in loss of productivity for businesses. And this event happens every year. And every year when this phenomenon comes around, even people like me who don't follow sports know what March Madness is. In fact, this morning in my news feed on Facebook, there was some organization or some company saying, join our bracket, fill this out, no experience needed, prizes to be awarded. I'm like, no experience needed, what am I supposed to do? Like, select the logo that I like best, the mascot or the color of the team? I don't know anything about no experience needed. I, I passed, I just kept scrolling. There's another event that happens this time of year that I just believe with all of my heart that you believe as well totally outshines March Madness, and it's this, Easter. Four weeks from now, we will be celebrating Resurrection Sunday as a global church. And during this season, Jesus will make an appearance on magazine covers. There will be TV specials about Jesus. People who don't normally think about church or think about Jesus will be thinking about Jesus. Even people who don't follow Jesus or the church are in close proximity to people who are talking about Easter. It's an easy and a natural time for believers to share their faith with others. So how do we take advantage of this moment and why would we even want to? How do we take advantage of a time when people are naturally curious or thinking about Jesus and talk with them about him? 
March Madness is to basketball what Easter is for Jesus and the church. It's a time that we can invite people who have no experience with the church to participate. We can pray for those who are going to come with no experience, that the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit will get a hold of their hearts, that the Spirit of God will work to draw men to Him, and on that day that people's hearts and lives will be transformed. We've been in a series called Give, Grow, Go, and if you've missed any of these weeks, I'd encourage you to watch on YouTube or Facebook or listen on Spotify. We gave out free t-shirts last week. There's a table full out there. If you missed, feel free to ga- grab one. You two men right here on the front row, uh, Riley and Dallas, which, not front row, but third row, would you stand up and just model? Oh, it's just you, Dallas. I thought Riley had one on too. Dallas, will you stand up and model your shirt? Crosspoint Church on the front, give, grow, go on the back. What a stud. So out there, uh, you can grab your free t-shirt. But we've been talking about why we exist as a church. In fact, in our board meeting this past week, one of the responsibilities that we have as a board is to carry the vision of the church. And how can we carry the vision of something that we don't know what it is? And so we had a meeting on Thursday. I gave them advance notice, and I said, hey, men, like, uh, let's, there's going to be a pop quiz. Uh, I'm going to ask you if you know the mission of the church. And before we even started, Nick Keith walked into the room, and he said, hey, guys, I just got to tell you all something. We exist to equip and inspire people to give their whole lives to Jesus to grow in their relationship with him and others and go tell the world the good news. I said, son, you got it. You got it. Y'all, that was good. You can clap for Nick Keith. We went around the table and the rest of the room nailed it. And so I'd encourage you to learn it and let's live it out. And so these three words, give, grow, and go, really form the backbone for the mission statement. Let's say give, grow, go together. Give, grow, go. So last week we talked about go. Today we're going to continue talking about go. Jesus in his final moments after his crucifixion and before the resurrection gave this great commission to his followers. In Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 he says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you so much for your word and for the power that it has to transform our lives. We ask that over the next few moments that we would sense a demonstration of your Spirit's power. Would you make your word come alive to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Loved what Tyler had to share earlier, and I'll tell you, he didn't have the script for today's message uh, before he shared what he shared. And in first service, my wife just nudged me, and she said, he just teed you up perfectly for this message today. And it's just fun to see the Holy Spirit work through songs and work through moments on the stage to communicate a unified message to the body. And so I believe today, as you lean in, that God's going to speak clearly to your heart. In this passage, Jesus gives some clear instructions to his disciples. The message of the gospel isn't just for a select few. It wasn't for a limited, uh, it wasn't limited to a certain nation or to a certain people group. Jesus, in his final moments, wanted to make sure that his kids knew that their primary purpose on earth was to make more disciples. He commissioned and empowered human beings to be the vessel to pour out the gospel to others. 
He commissioned humans to go after his lost kids and to find them. This is the heart of the Father. Jesus in Luke chapter 15 shares three parables of, of two of lost things and one of a lost person, the sheep and the coin and the parable of uh, the prodigal son. This morning we're going to talk just about the first two and next week talk about the prodigal son. In Luke chapter 15 verse number one, it says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. Y'all, that's crazy. Tax collectors were some of the most hated people on the planet. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes, the religious people, grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he's found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Verse number 8. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there's joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Verse number one records that tax collectors and sinners were drawing near to Jesus. Tax collectors and sinners were drawing near to hear Jesus. In the coming weeks, proverbial tax collectors and sinners will be drawing near to hear Jesus. The Pharisees and the scribes responded with criticism towards Jesus for receiving sinners and eating with them. Can I encourage us to be more like Jesus? Can you imagine the truth and the love that Jesus exuded led lost people to draw near to him to hear what he had to say? May the love of God be so great in our lives that lost people want to draw near this Easter to hear about Jesus. In this passage, Jesus says that there are 100 sheep, 99 stay, one goes, and this man, the shepherd, goes after the lost sheep, and when he finds them, he puts it on his shoulders, and he comes back, and he invites his neighbors, and he invites his friends over, and he throws a party for the lost sheep that's now been found. Jesus equates this. He says there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who, uh, who need no repentance. The next parable, Jesus shares of a woman who had 10 coins and she lost one. She doesn't have the luxury of just writing it off on her taxes. She looks for the coin. She seeks for it day and night. At nighttime, she lights a lamp searching for it until she finds it. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and her neighbors over and she throws a party to celebrate that she's found this lost coin. Jesus, again, connects this parable to lost people. He said, I tell you, there's joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Do you know that what we do at the end of service is a miraculous moment? At the end of service, every single week, we give an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to draw someone's heart to God and for them to respond by confessing that Jesus is Lord. 
And almost every week we see somebody do that. And at the end of that prayer, I say the same thing every week. Let's celebrate what God has done in this moment. And people clap and they cheer in that moment every week at the end of our service. And what this scripture tells us is what we're doing down here is just very small compared to what the angels are doing in heaven. That when one sinner gets saved, that the angels in heaven rejoice. Jesus cares about lost people. It's why he gave us the great commission to go into all the world and make disciples. He gave us these marching orders. He gives us the action steps, and the instructions are pretty clear. In fact, the great commission starts with this action word of go. And then he says, as we go, this is what we should be doing. We're not just going without purpose. We are going to make disciples. We're to make disciples. We are to make followers of Jesus. I love to hear the stories of what's happening inside our church and outside of our church as people are investing in others. To think about how people are going deep in small groups with one another and then growing in their relationship with God. They're studying the Bible together. I was talking with Wes Spears this week and he shared with me that he's in a Bible study with Clint. And he said, it's so cool to just sit with another person and open up a passage of scripture. And he said, Clint makes this passage come alive to me. Y'all, that's making disciples. Each of us are part of being made as disciples, as followers of Jesus. And we should also be part of the process of discipling others. We have men and women who are meeting together, growing in their knowledge of God. And there are other stories that could be shared People who are daily just encouraging others to be more Christ-like. Verse 19, Jesus says, all nations. He doesn't put any limitations. There are no geographical boundaries. There are no exceptions or exclusions. He says, to go and make disciples in all nations. All nations. Our church is able to be part of this in three different ways. Number one, each week we pray for a different nation. Today, praying for the nation of Paraguay, praying for disciples to be made and for people to become followers of Jesus, we partner with our prayers. Another way is we partner through Kingdom Builders to fund global missionaries around the world who are making disciples in places that we're not going to go to. Another way that we go and we make disciples to all nations is through our Kingdom Builders trips. Y'all, next Wednesday, I leave with 10 other people from our church to go get my baby girl, sweet Jesus. Oh, I'm going to hug her and squeeze her and never let her go. For those of you who are like, what just happened? My daughter has been in Bangladesh for the last two months, and we're taking a team, and uh, I'm going to get to see her again and hug her neck. Where was I going with all this? Oh, we're going. That's where we're going with all that. We're going to Bangladesh. Later this summer, there will be a team of youth and college students who will go to El Salvador. There will be families later this summer who will go to Alaska. And who knows, as the year progresses and even into next year, where the Lord will lead us and take us. We go on KB trips. We go in the United States. We go in our neighborhoods, schools, and our jobs, and we go abroad to make disciples, to baptize believers in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm looking for Javante. I see his family over here. There you are back here. Javante, I'm so proud of you. To hear the way that Pastor Madison and PG talk about the young man that you've become, your love and your passion for Jesus, and for you today to have the courage to go public with your faith. Man, we celebrate you today. 
Kayla, I want to say to you and to the rest of your family, I'm so sorry for what you've experienced this weekend. And our church is praying for you and praying for Sharon and believing uh, for healing for her. In fact, let's just do that right now. God, we thank you so much for your love for us. That even in the midst of tragedy, that your spirit will surround us with your love. And I just pray for this family. Lord, that even now that they would experience and feel your love in a great and a mighty and a powerful way. We pray for Sharon, that you would bring healing to her body and that you would touch her in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you, Kayla. Jesus gives us these instructions with a great commission to go. To make disciples in all nations. To baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus continues with his instructions. In verse number 20, he says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. In order to make disciples, we have to teach others to observe all that Jesus has commanded us. Disciple makers call people up out of their sin. They don't join them in it. Disciple makers call people out of their sin, not make excuses for it. Disciple makers speak the truth in love. And can I just tell you one of the the kindest things that we can do for people is to call sin, sin. It's one of the most loving things that we can do. It doesn't serve people well when we don't encourage one another to observe all that Jesus has commanded us. Over the past few weeks, we've been in sessions with the team that's going to Bangladesh next week to just talk about expectations. And I'll just tell you, if you don't know, Bangladesh is a little bit different than Waverly, Iowa. And so in preparation for this trip, we've talked about a number of cultural differences. We've talked about how the food is different, the culture is different, the language is different. We've talked about language that we should use and not use. And some of you are like, oh, are you talking about bad words? Well, obviously, but more than that is there are certain words that shouldn't be used in the nation. Bangladesh is a sensitive country. To use the word missionary uh, would not be good. And so that's, those are words that we shouldn't use. We've talked about how we can be a good guest, and we've even talked about how the team will dress when we're in Bangladesh. And so let me just tell you, in Bangladesh, the women cover everything except for their elbows down, their feet, and their face. Everything else is covered. Men are not, they, men don't wear shorts. And so we're already going to stand out. Can you imagine if I was afraid to hurt the team's feelings, if I was to, afraid to share with them the truth of Bangladeshi culture and we just showed up and we let all the team members just wear whatever they want to wear. And some of you are like, well, they would have been modest. Of course they would have. But can I tell you, if it's exposing anything except for your, your elbows down and your feet and your face is scandalous. And so team members, if I didn't tell them the truth, would be set up for embarrassment and failure, and they would look at me and say, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you let me know? We're guests in Bangladesh. We don't get to write the rules on what's right and wrong culturally. We're guests in a foreign country. And it would be unkind for me to not tell them the expectation. Can I tell you that Jesus' culture has some expectations? As followers of Jesus, he places expectations upon us, and it's not kind for us to leave people in the dark. It isn't kind for us to withhold the truth of God's word to people because we're afraid they might not like it. 
following Jesus should impact where we go, how we speak, how we act, how we think, and what we do. It should impact everything. As followers of Jesus, we should be looking to see in our life in every area how we can bring glory to God. Sometimes we can assume that everybody knows what we know. We can think spiritually that people should just know everything that we know, but here's the reality is some people maybe haven't even opened up the Bible, much less studied it the way that you studied it. And it's our job as disciple makers to teach people the Bible, to share the truth in love. We can't get frustrated with people when, when they don't know what they don't know. Let's, let's teach them. So here's a really stupid, embarrassing illustration from my childhood. I have no idea how old that I was, but uh, this memory, it has to be my youngest memory, right? I'm just going to go with that. And so I thought as a child that after you showered, that the next immediate step was to step out of the bathtub and then dry off. Why wouldn't you? That, it seems natural to me. And I remember one day my dad got tired of walking into a bathroom that was, had a soaking wet floor. And he said, I'm tired of the floor being soaking wet after you shower. I'm like, well, what do you expect me to do? I mean, I take a shower, I jump out of the shower, I dry off. I mean, what do you want me to do? Have you ever thought about drying off in the shower? What? You can do that? You... I know y'all are looking at me like, were you really that dumb? Yes, I was really that dumb. So I'm going to help some of y'all today. You can dry off in the shower. First step, turn the water off, okay? I didn't learn that one the hard way. I at least had a little bit of sense about me. But in that moment, as simple as that sounds, you would think it, it should be common sense. You should know that you could dry off in, in the bathtub. As a kid, I didn't know that. And I just wonder how many followers of Jesus are stuck in that very early developmental stage, and they just don't know what they don't know. And so let's, as the body of Christ, speak the truth in love. Jesus wraps up verse number 20, and he says, I'm with you always. When we recognize that he goes with us, he's with us as we go, it's powerful. There's a strong motivation to go. We're compelled because eternity awaits everyone. Someone once said that if a dove were to pick up a grain of sand from the beach, fly it to the moon, fly back, pick up another grain of sand from the beach, fly to the moon, fly back, and do this over and over and over again until every bit of the beaches in this world have been emptied of its sand and deposited on the moon, that that would still just be the intro to eternity. Let that sink in. And Paul writes in Romans chapter 10, verse 14, excuse me, Romans chapter 14, verse number 10, that one day we'll give an account to God. He says, for we'll stand before the judgment seat of God, for it's written, and Paul's quoting Isaiah chapter 45, verse number 23, he says, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account to, of himself to God. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2, 8 through 11 about Jesus. 
He says, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. One day, without exception, everyone will stand before God, the judgment seat of God. And Romans chapter 4, 12 says, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. We won't give an account for what somebody else did for us. We won't give an account for somebody else. And somebody else won't give an account for us. We will give an account of our own lives to God. And whether you like it or not, every knee will bow and confess that Jesus is Lord. Every atheist, every Hindu, every Muslim, every Satan worshiper, every agnostic, every evil person, every disciple of Jesus will bow before him and confess that Jesus is Lord. The timing of that confession has eternal consequences. For those who confess Jesus is Lord on this side of eternity will spend an eternity with our Creator. Those who don't will spend an eternity in hell. Jesus had this warning in Matthew chapter 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who's in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Not everyone makes it. It's not a happily ever after moment for everyone. That's not a celebration point for us as a church. It should be a point of mourning. It should be a point that leads us to urgency. It should lead us to look around at the people that God has created in his image who are far from him with compassion. With a recognition, but by the grace of God, there we go also. It's easy for all of us to get caught up in the day-to-day. We can get caught up and so focused on the things that need to be done, the things that have to be done. Sometimes we just need to take a step back and understand the moment that we're in in light of eternity. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that God has put eternity in the hearts of men. We need to view everything through the light and the lens of eternity. We work towards the goal that everyone would hear welcome home well done at the end of this race of faith. Matthew chapter 25, verse 23, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little, I'll set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. We work for the goal of everyone getting to the end of their race of faith to hear God say to them, welcome home. The only thing better than making it to heaven is taking people with us. These next few weeks are so strategic There's no more ripe season than what we're entering into right now. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do as a church. I'm going to ask that you would partner with me in two things. Number one, that you would be praying for our Easter services. That you would commit over the next four weeks to spend some time fasting and praying and believing that God's going to draw people to him. The second thing that I'm going to ask you to do is partner with me in inviting 5,000 people to come to our Easter service. 
And some of you are like, you can't seat 5,000 people. Listen, the outcome's not on us. The outcome's on God. And if we believe his word is true, then there should be an urgency in our spirit to go and to invite how simple it is. This is a season when even people who are far from the church are open and receptive to this. And so what we can do is we can control the inputs. Can't control the outcome, but we can control the inputs. We can control how much time we spend in prayer over the next four weeks. And secondly, we can control how many people that we invite to come to church. And so y'all are like, some of you are looking at me right now and you're like, you're crazy. I'm not crazy. Look, at, look around, right? And then look around in first service. It's completely doable for a body this size to invite 5,000 people to come to Easter. Let's pray and let's believe for it. Let's step into this strategic moment and do what Jesus tells us to do. Let's pray and let's go. Who can you get, who can you go to? Who can you invite? Timothy Paul Jones tells the story of his adopted daughter in a situation that came up as they planned a trip to Disneyland. She had come from a family who had adopted her, but for some unknown reason, this family would take trips to Disneyland with their biological children and would leave this girl at home. Eventually, this family gave up on this adoption and the Jones adopted her when she was eight years old. Now the Joneses were gonna take a trip to Disneyland. And they told her she was gonna get to go with and the daughter began to act up even though she was invited on this trip because she couldn't believe that she was invited. When she got in trouble, she said, I know, she said this to her dad, I know you're not going to bring me. The father took her on the trip and eventually she calmed down once they physically made it there. And after the first day, her dad, Timothy, asked her about her experience so far. And in a moment that illustrates our relationship to our own Heavenly Father, she said, Daddy, I finally got to go to Disneyland. But it wasn't because I was good, it's because I'm yours. This is why we can still return to the Heavenly Father, not through any actions that we may do or not do, but rather through the inexhaustible love that He bestows on us as His children. At the end of this race of faith, we can rest in his presence for eternity, not because of something that we've done, but because of something that his son did for us. Not in our own merit, but because of the grace of God. It's not because we're good. It's because we're his. I'm gonna ask that you would bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room. Maybe there are some of you who've come in today and you're not his. You've never confessed Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. And you say today on this side of eternity, I want to make that confession. I want to become a follower of him. I want to leave my life of sin and walk in the new life that Jesus has for me. Maybe there are others of you who at one time walked with God, but you turned your back on him and you say today I need to see my relationship restored back to him. just a moment if that's you. You say, I need to ask Jesus to come into my life for the very first time, or you say, I need to see my relationship restored back to him. When I count to three, why don't you slip up your hands all across this room? One, two, three. Lift them up all across this room. Thank you. I see that hand. You can put it down. Are there others this morning? Thank you, God. 
Let's all stand. There were at least two hands that went up this morning of people who need to ask Jesus to come into their life for the very first time. Or who need to see their relationship restored back to him. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And as I do, I want you to repeat it after me and mean it with everything that's within you. But know that you won't be praying this prayer alone, but that each of us in support of you will also be praying. Let's pray. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've messed up. This morning I ask for your forgiveness. Come and give me a fresh start. Be my savior. Be my king. Take over every area. Take over every aspect. And help me from this day forward to live for you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my strength. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God praise for what he's done this morning. How fun to join with the angels in heaven and celebrate lost people coming home. We'd encourage you if you raise your hand to text the word yes to 319-250-8998. We want to encourage you in the decision that you made today and the journey that God wants to take you on. Again, you can text the word yes to 319-250-8998. Another way that you can do it would be to scan the QR code on the back of your seat and click on the I Decided link and fill it out. We just want to follow up with you on this and encourage you in the journey. We leave time at the end of each of our services for people to receive prayer. This morning, if you've come in today needing prayer for anything, just a moment, the worship team is going to lead us in another song. The prayer team will come to both sides of the stage, and I would just encourage you to step out of your seat and come forward. So I'm going to pray. They're going to lead us in a song. Prayer team will be up here, and I would encourage you to step out of your seat. God, we thank you so much for your goodness to us, for your word, and for your love that compels us to follow you. Lord, you've given us clear instructions as your disciples that we're to be disciple makers. And so as we're being made as your disciples, we're also to be part of the process in making disciples. And so, Lord, I pray that you would anoint us, that you would help us, that as we fill up on your word, as we fill up in your presence, as we fill up on the power from your spirit, that that we wouldn't just let it go dormant inside of us, but instead we would share it. And God, I pray that as we leave from here under the power of the Holy Spirit, that you would help us over the next four weeks to spend time interceding for the lost in our community, for friends, for families, for coworkers, for classmates, for, uh, for teammates. And Lord, I pray in that moment when when that person's shaking because they want to invite this person to come to church, but they're just nervous, God, I pray that you would give them the power to, to step over that moment, to open up their mouth, to give the invite, and help us as a church this season to invite 5,000 people to come to Easter service. And let's believe that that day that there will be a mighty celebration in all three services as the Holy Spirit draws people's hearts to them. Lord, go with us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. 
For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.